Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we review the Sabbath School lesson about living by the Word of God for Sabbath, June 27. Today, we discuss how to make the Word of God real in our everyday life. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, living by the Word of God. I'm really excited about this week's uh, lesson. It comes from uh, James 1.22 as our memory text. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Doers of the Word and not hearers only. Wow. You know, here we have once again, um, it's not enough to just have this be an intellectual exercise. This has got to break down and impact us from the inside out. Yeah, it it definitely is. And not only that, uh, the impact is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, And I'm I'm really working on this. As a matter of fact, part of my, my studies in church revitalization is just this, that a lot of people in church, we know what we're supposed to do. But we're not actually doing it. And uh, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy because we're not actually spending the time in the spiritual disciplines as we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I like how this quarter ends, wrapping it all the way up as we've looked at all these different aspects of getting into the Word of God. Um, we serve a living God. Yes, we do. We do. Matter of fact, uh, Sunday's lesson, I asked you to tackle this, Michael, which is the living word of God and the Holy Spirit. What does uh, Philippians 2 tell us about this? All right. Well, I'll break it down. I've got, uh, I'm reading today from the English Standard Version, and it reads, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Amen. Well, first thing I noticed about this text that, um, you know, means a lot to me is, you know, as a parent, right, as your your kids are getting older, is you want to teach them to have good characters and to have good decision making and principles that they can make good decisions so that it's not they're doing what you want them to in your presence so that they're doing the right thing. But you also know that they're able to make those decisions when you're not actually there and you can trust them that that they're making uh, good decisions. That's called um, maturity, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wish uh, everyone had it, but not everyone has it, right? Yeah, not even adults always have it either, right? No, so, no. And, and now we're talking about spiritual maturity, I suppose. Yeah. And so what, what happens when we're not spiritually mature? Well, I, I, I think part of it is... Uh, is exactly what this is talking about is is what you can get away with right and i think there's some people that think hey as long as i go to church on sabbath it really doesn't matter how i live my life all the rest of the week yeah yeah and it, it becomes you know I, I know it says here in the memory text but be doers of the word and not only hearers 
and a lot of people feel like they can do uh, just the bare minimum and still make it. But it's about more than that. It's about full surrender. Well, you know, yesterday was uh, our anniversary, and so 18 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, you know, if I just uh, said to my wife, you know, it's 18 years, I just have to do the minimum. uh, And, uh, you know, whatever I have to do just because it's our anniversary, I'm pretty sure I'd be sleeping on the couch last night. (laughs) (laughs) But when we're truly in love with somebody, right, you know, we do the maximum. I don't hold hold back i i it's it's a relationship that's that's here and so i think that's kind of what it is with god's word and spiritual maturity is that relationship as it grows and matures uh we become less and less afraid um that we can and i think that's what it's talking about work out your salvation your own salvation with fear and trembling is you become less dependent on others so spiritual maturity um the more I mature. Tell me what you think of this, Buster. But I, I, I can therefore dig into God's word for myself and not be afraid. I don't have to have someone else explain it for me. I don't have to be dependent on some personality on TV or the internet to explain all of God's word for me. I can just dig in myself and with the Holy Spirit and all the things we've talked about this quarter, read God's word, make it the living word in my own life. Yeah. And that happens by applying what you've learned. Mm-hmm. That happens, you know, same thing in, uh, in education. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? Exactly. Uh, same thing in our spiritual walk. If you're mm-hmm. not actually loving God and actually that's a motive behind what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're going to have this thing where you're placating uh, mm-hmm. towards a wow. form of religion, but you don't actually know the, the spirituality behind it, the Holy Spirit behind reason why we do what we do you know we're talking about the holy spirit and it's been an issue through this whole in the back of my mind through this whole quarter but you know sometimes i think we're a bit afraid to study the bible for ourselves and um instead we're we hear all of these things you know that are going on um around us uh you have to be afraid of this or that and and i think even there's some been reticence within adventism in the 20th century with the rise of pentecostalism and tongues and all of that this hugely popular movement that Oh well, um, well. Obviously, we don't believe in um, the, the, the like the like Pentecostals do, and in, in the charismata and the the speaking in tongues and all of that. Right, right. Um, but I think there, there's been a, a fear that mm. oh, if there is that, then I'm against that, and therefore I must be afraid. And and it's interesting as a pastor, I've met some church members through the years that said, oh well, I'm afraid. I'm actually afraid to study the Bible for myself. And you start digging into that. And, and actually, that's not what it's about. It, we've got to learn to not be afraid and say, you know, Holy Spirit, please, um, I earnestly want to learn your truth for my life. Help me as I open your word today to make it real and apply it to my life right here, right now. You know, if, if you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit can do in your life, then I, I will say this. I will challenge you. You, you need to have that fresh experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it does, it's sometimes, oftentimes it's not the lightning from the sky that touches you and illuminates you and causes you to float. No, no. I'm talking <laughs> about just knowing the presence of God is with you and yeah. opens up your mind and maybe gives you a word in mm-hmm. due season to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's no one, there's no way that that person's uh, name could have come to your mind except for the Holy Spirit just following your heart and connected you with someone else because you're connected with God. Absolutely. 
Right. Well, I guess moving right along here, huh? Yeah, um, yeah, we let's, are. Let's look at Jesus, learning from Jesus. Uh, what does it mean to, to do that? And I know there's a scripture text here for us, Buster. Yeah, uh, Luke chapter 4. I also like lo- like looking at uh, Matthew's uh, redemption of this. Uh, there is Jesus who has been led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was reading a book here recently by John Mark Comer. It talks about being led into the wilderness. We often think of the wilderness as this bad place where you starve and you can't get any food. But Jesus went there intentionally because that was his place of solitude and strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was being led there. And then the enemy shows up after he after 40 days of fasting and prayer. And he tempts him. But mm-hmm. he didn't just tempt him. He doesn't say, hey, Jesus... Uh, eat this. No, he tempts him with the scripture. He, manip- he manipulates scripture. And then Jesus, in turn, utilizes scripture against him to combat his misuse of scripture. Uh, you know, mercy. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, and this, this shows me, this reveals something to me, which is no matter how smart we think we are, there is an enemy who's smarter than us until we are, we are plugged into the creator who created him, who's the smartest of, of all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And so how can I combat the enemy who is us- utilizing scripture unless thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? Uh, and that's why it's so important for us to meditate upon the word of God. And there's yeah. times where sometimes it will flow out of you and you weren't practicing it, you weren't studying a sermon. The word of God is just within your heart because God has changed your life as a result of the word of God being in you. And that's what that 40 days of prayer and fasting that Jesus did was about. It wasn't about, hey, yeah, I'm going to get ready to defeat the, the, the enemy. No, he was actually spending time with his father mm-hmm. in solitude. Yes, the Holy Spirit prepared pre- prepared all these things, but God is wanting us to do the same thing. Mm. Uh, utilizing scripture, not just for warfare, but also for, I guess you can call it heart fear. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing our own hearts so that when war does come about, we'll be ready to, to utilize scripture. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're, you're saying we don't need to have theological warfare? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen theological weapons of mass destruction. Oh, mercy. I, I've seen grenades thrown. I've seen all these different things. And a lot of times incorrectly. Mm. You know, any, anybody can go out there. I mean, uh, there's someone who was on a, a forum online who was just uh, trying to bait Christians into de- de- debating uh, apologetics. Trolling, huh? Yeah, they're trolling. Exactly. And I'm like, that's that's not the time. I, that's why it's so important for us to be able to look at people in the eyes and mm. share the love of God. And sometimes it's not even quoting a scripture. Sometimes it's actually living the scripture out. Love it. You know, it's interesting. I just read, um, I, I like, I don't know why, I just like Russian literature sometimes. So I was reading Dostoevsky, um, his dream of a ridiculous man. Oh. And uh, quite, quite an interesting story. <laughs> kind of funny. a tragic story. Yeah. Um, talks about how he realizes he's the ridiculous one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but really at the heart of the story is he realizes this inner um, emptiness that is there. And the turning point of the story is walking down a street and he's going to go home and, and basically kill himself. Suicide, right? Uh, he's just so distraught, so empty on, on the inside. Uh, this young girl comes out, grabs his arm, basically, save me, save me. You know, there's something... Uh, he he wonders if it's her, maybe her mother, some relative that's dying. She's desperate, right? And he just walks on and releases his grip and heads home. But that fact that the, there's this girl that uh, needs his help, he realizes something about himself. And while he 
falls asleep waiting to do this terrible, dire deed, he has a dream of heaven, of another world. And Mm. as he begins to see another world, um, he starts to realize introspectively he needs something more, something to hope for, something to yearn. Now, I don't agree necessarily with all of the outcome and the the moral of of the story, although there's some excellent points in it. But I I think it gets at the heart that we need something on our inside to change us from the inside out. Um, And those kinds of turning points that happen, it may not be a girl, literally, hopefully not, tugging, (laughs) saying, I'm dying or my my mother is dying or whatever. But whatever it is that wakes us up, usually that's that Holy Spirit that has to wake us up and say, hey, um, I need to, I'm trying to, I want God saying to us, I want your attention. I want this to be real and alive in your own life and change you. You know. We need those experiences. As a matter of fact, this is just a conjecture of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a lot of young people leaving our church. Mm. Uh, and one of the biggest reasons, and I, I ask this question, any Bible says I have, tell, share with me one experience you've had with God. Wow. And a lot of times, uh, young people ages 18 on down, they can't share with me one experience. And mm. then I start saying, have you ever survived a car crash? Yes. Uh, there's a car crash and the, the, the fire department told us we should all be dead. I'm like, oh, what do you think happened there? <gasps> oh, you know, oh, sometimes goodness. we've had experiences. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. we've had experiences, but we haven't acknowledged God's hand, his faithful hand upon wow. our lives moving. Love it. And that's why we have to go back and put mm-hmm. an Ebenezer, right? Yeah. A re- stone yeah. of remembrance, of remembering and sharing with people. You just had an experience with God. I want you to remember this moment for the rest of your life. I wonder what it's going to be like when we get to heaven, oh. talk to our guardian <laughs> angels, and they'll be like, I saved you that time and that time. What were you thinking? <laughs> I, our, I, I asked my wife, I was like, are guardian angels allowed to slap us? <laughs> I, I, I'm praying they're not because I think I have a lot of knocks upside my oh, head. Oh, <laughs> me too. I think we're both in, at least I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, as we continue to move on, what does it say about Jesus versus Scripture? That's an interesting title there. Ooh, John yeah. chapter 5, 45 through 47. I got it here. Uh, All right, here we go. Again, I'm reading from the ESV. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Ooh. Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote of me, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? <laughs> oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's, that's what we call the mic drop. <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Well, the context is, is they're trying to trip up Jesus, and, um, and Jesus is coming back to the Pharisees and others that are coming to him and basically uh, coming back and saying, look, you, you really are putting your confidence in tradition all of these traditions, and if you actually really had even paid attention to these prophets who you elevate, um, you would actually believe me because this is the living word again. Yeah. You, you know what, what What stuns me is this is right after he heals the man at the pool of Bethesda. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. then they come up to him and they're saying, how dare you do this on the Sabbath? Right. And yeah. and, and they're, they're challenging him and they're like, you just experienced the miracle. What's yeah. wrong with you? Why, why don't you see that this is the Messiah? And it challenged them, and they weren't willing to back down. How more real can it get than that? Yeah, and and that's why he, he's sharing with them. You guys have the scripture memorized. You have it backwards and forward, and yet you're still not willing to allow it, to, as you said earlier, Michael, mm. allow it to change you. Mm. Mm. What good is scripture if I'm just going to use it for theological debates, 
but I actually don't look in the mirror and have introspection. You know, there's a book I have. Um, I didn't think to bring it, but I, I should have. Um, it's titled Toxic Faith. Mm. And anybody that has experienced spiritual abuse, you should really... Um, obviously, this is on a carte blanche recommendation, but it was a book that impacted me. And I think it's very helpful that it can be possible that people take scripture and use it to actually abuse other people, spiritual yes. abuse. And, yes. and that's not that's not okay. No, it's not. It's, it's definitely not. And that's why we have to educate ourselves in the mm-hmm. Word of God yeah. and actually combat. When you see someone doing that to someone else, we need to speak up and yeah. uh, speak up, be an advocate for those that are, that are, that are uh, receiving that toxic faith. You know, I, I, you know, the litmus test after going through this whole quarter uh, is uh, a quotation that Ellen White uh, writes. And uh, let's see if I got the right uh, reference here. Uh, but basically, it's the idea that the more, the closer we come to Jesus, and I would even add the closer that we come to, uh, as we come to Jesus through the reading of the Word of God, it's Ministry of Healing, page 470. Mm. She says, the more we become loving and lovable Christians. Mm. And I like that because as it changes us, and you're wanting to know, am I headed in the right direction? Am I interpreting Scripture um, and so I would suggest humbly that the litmus test is whatever that you're doing, your faith, all of these different things should make you into a more loving and lovable Christian. Amen. Um, just to stretch it a little bit more, as a Seventh-day Adventist, my keeping the Sabbath should make me more loving and lovable. It should challenge me to grow because that's what the Sabbath is all about. It's not a list of all the things you don't do. And I'm not saying that you should start doing all these different things on Sabbath, okay? Don't, don't hear me hear me out here but but what i am saying is first and foremost is about relationship and so yes all of all of scripture and our interpretation of scripture should make us more loving and lovable christians ah i love that i if 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 this life is about uh the gamut of emotions and yes we have to take all those in the one that we should always err on the side of is love I mean, and, and, and love is not an emotion, right? So <laughs> I want to get that clear, clear out there. Yep. But love is the, is, the, is the focus by which I can actually uh, uh, filter my emotions through. Love it. And that's the love of God and my love for man. That's what he's called us to do. Beautiful. Uh, so let's go, continue on with quiet times with God. Mm. Uh, Psalms 37, verse 7. Okay. Uh, it goes on and shares this with us. Uh, let me go back here. This is going to be from the New King James Version. And as we're thinking about that right now, you're probably thinking about, oh, no, here goes another guilt trip about how much time I'm not spending with God. Well, I I think this is actually going to uh, win you over to making sure that you have some of that solstice, that time with God that you needed. Mm. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. In other words, life is going to happen to you. You're going to see people that are prospering. Uh, I think of the opposite of this, which is Psalm 73. Uh, I think of Asaph, who talks about sometimes I see people that are that are benefiting off of uh, treating uh, others the wrong way, and then he says, "Then I step into the sanctuary and I realize, you know, their 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 end is coming." But I actually found solstice, right? And that's that's the key to all this, which is. Our quiet times with God are not just for us to say, hey, I spent time with God. I have a tally mark. No, it's for us to actually spend time with him. And when we spend time with the creator, 
there is that change that takes place because if we're actually listening, we get to know ourselves better, but even more so we get to know him better. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, having quiet time with God is not about just, you know, having a, a checklist, you know, that you you know, I check this off. So therefore I'm suddenly more spiritual. Um, it has to be meaningful time. Uh, you can be married to somebody just since I'm talking about our anniversary <laughs> earlier. Right. Uh, but if you don't have meaningful conversations and time to connect, right. Um, what is that marriage really? It's, it's, you know, you have to, so you have to keep investing in that relationship. Um, not because you have to, because you want to. And it's the same thing when you fall in love with Jesus. Um, it's less than a, a it's, it's not a checkbox I have to do. It's something that, Hey, this is my time to spend with God. And it doesn't matter if it's first thing in the morning. Um, or late at night, or maybe in the middle of the day. I, I'm less concerned about when that is. I'm a morning person. My wife's a night owl, right? So um, everybody's a little bit different. Everyone's wired differently, right? Yes, but they are. the point is, is to have that meaningful time of connection. Yeah. So yeah. how do you... Oh, go ahead. No, no I was just going to say, uh, my wife and I were just discussing this, and it's crazy that you can spend time with someone and still ignore them at the same time. Mercy. And I, I found, uh, how do I put it? I'll put it gingerly. I, I found uh, both couples and I yeah. found parents that do yeah. this, which is, mm-hmm. you know, they're out at a restaurant, but everyone's on their cell phone or ignoring each other, wow. even though you're in the presence of each other. And Isn't you that can, crazy? Yeah, you can be in the presence of God and still ignoring him. Wow. The Holy Spirit might be tugging on you and saying, Michael uh, or Buster, I'll put, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. <laughs> Buster, you need to work on your anger. I'm like, oh God, I don't have time for that right now. Yeah. I'm reading about how to defeat this guy when I, mm. when I challenge him with apologetics later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I can't, I need to not ignore God and be in his presence, right? So I need to open up and be in his presence. Absolutely. You know, my wife and I, we have a, a rule when we're on dates together, uh, cell phone off right amen and i'd even say you know church maybe uh, i don't know i'm pushing a little bit bit. take out that cell phone if it's distracting you from the message i'm not saying that everyone has to have their cell phone off but if it's distracting you maybe you need to rethink through um yeah can can i tell you a hint that i've been doing the last three weeks okay and my cell phone time has gone down which is not a good thing but it is a good thing Uh, (laughs) i said you know uh just taking time inventory before I scroll through social media, before mm. I get onto a game, whatever it might be, whatever I do on my phone, yeah, I, I'm going to read a portion of scripture first so it can be my filter. Love and it. I noticed I'm getting on my phone less, right? Yeah. But I'm spending more time with God, more so in the morning. I like and it. I realize that every time I'm, I'm doing something, I'm not just mindlessly mm. doing it. I'm yeah. intentfully doing it. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, I've been a pastor for a number of years. And so um still a pastor. I still consider myself a pastor, I guess. But, yes, sir. But, you know, I was really thinking through, um, you know, when in ministry, you're constantly giving, giving, giving. And that's a good thing. I, I love that. I love pastoral ministry. But I also discovered very, uh, it's just as important to um, make sure that uh, in the process of giving that you're filling, right? And right. so I used to make sure, because Sabbath was a time that's super busy. I'd get tired. I love Sabbath, but it was it's a tiring time. And so I, an older pastor came gave me some really good advice. He said, Michael, you need to take off one other day during the week and make sure you have time to really fellowship and strengthen your connection and, and just have that quiet solitude. And we lived in out in the country, so I could find a park to visit. And everybody has to find what works for them, you know. But but it was an opportunity to make that time real between me and God. Amen. And I I 
I can't embolden our listeners enough on this, which is, I mean, there needs to be days and, and spouses need to trade off, right? So it's not just all, always myself that I'm saying, oh, so I'm going off to the woods for a little bit. But some days I tell my wife, hey, take out this time, go, you know, and we trade off uh, when, it, when it comes to that. And teaching our children, uh, I try to intentionally make sure that some mornings my children wake up and they see me just studying the Bible. I'm like, you know what? Love I'm it. done studying, but I want them to see me studying mm-hmm. because I want them to get into the, the habit of saying, this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. And then we have family, family devotions and worship as well. That's uh, very important. But, but Michael, you're right. We mm. need to create that time, that space mm-hmm. so that we can actually, so it actually becomes a part of our habits. Love it. Yeah. You know, I was talking to another, this is a different mentor pastor, but uh, this particular individual, very highly successful. A lot of people that are listeners would would recognize their name. So I'm not going to mention it because I'm not trying to name drop, but um, they had been in significant positions in church leadership. And uh, after all of that, looking back at his career, highly successful person, he said, you know, my biggest mistake was that I didn't take time for family worship. Mm. He said, I was just so busy doing ministry, doing all these good things, highly productive, highly successful Adventist uh, church leader and and pastor. Um, But his own kids ended up leaving the church. He said, you know, I realized I wasn't uh, making sure that my own family was being fed spiritually. I remember that was a stark, stark reminder that still haunts me in the back of my mind says, okay, um, it's not enough to just make that time. But I also have a responsibility for my family around me and make sure that uh, we're staying connected, all of us as a family, reading the word of God and and having that family worship time. Of course, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to have spiritual lives either. You can't force it. It has to be their own too, right? Right, right. But it creates the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work. Yeah. And giving them the greatest opportunity as possible by doing the most that we can. That's, That's all we can do. Yeah. Uh, so the last uh, uh, lessons Thursday, which is uh, the Word of God, memorizing it, and also Ooh, songs. I love it. Psalm one nineteen. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, uh, it t- talks about Thy Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Uh, so what what is memorizing and and singing Scripture? What what is what does this have to do with anything? Well, I I really love this because um, singing is so much a part of the Christian experience, right? Yes. Uh, and I was just reading a mission book to my kids this last week about. Um, about some missionaries that sang a song and the miracle of the song, I think it is mm-hmm. by uh, Norma Youngberg, a classic mission book, you know, how the missionary sang and taught the people in the village to sing. And that became the means of how many of these people were converted. Amazing. Um, the power of song. And I would have, it'd be awesome if we could have heard David and others that composed these Psalms to hear what it would have been like to hear them singing these scripture songs. But um, the more that we sing, it's an easy way to commit scripture to memory and um, songs. I find a powerful way when I'm feeling depressed or down or whatever that just lifts up my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And and this once again goes to say whatever, whatever you deem is important in your life, you will do it. Yeah. Right. So if, if the word of God is important in your life, yeah. naturally, you're just going to start memorizing. Now, yeah. if you're saying, well, I'm not inclined, I don't have the greatest memory. Well, it's not about who has the greatest memory. It's about uh, if you love soap operas and I ask you what's going on with soap operas, you're going to be able to tell me everything about the telenovela, whatever it is, whatever series you're watching. Yeah. It needs to be first, seek, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. So when someone asks us a question, 
Sometimes we don't realize it, but the Holy Spirit brings back to our recollection things mm-hmm. that we studied years ago. Yeah. But because it's there, it, and then there needs to be some things that we intentionally say, this one is the speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I One of mine is Micah 6, 8. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he has shown you a man what's will require of you, but to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Whenever I, I forget my mission, my life purpose, that scripture comes back to my mind. And I just remember, am I acting justly? Am I loving mercy? And am I actually walking with God? Yeah. And God reminds me of that. Yeah, I love it. A beautiful text right now that we need to be reminded of as we let scripture filter deep down into the recesses yes. of our lives, of yes, our hearts. Yes. Um, and we're just creating more opportunities for the Holy Spirit to work. So um, it's not going to make you a more spiritual person. You're not saved by memorizing so many scripture verses. Sometimes <laughs> I, I let my students in my uh, origin of the Bible class, they memorize a chapter to get a little extra credit, right? Yeah, you haven't memorized Psalm 119, right? Well, <laughs> actually, one student said they were going to do that. What? But they didn't, I, I thought that was, then, then they looked at how many verses there were. <laughs> so, but there's something to be said for um, hiding scripture. It doesn't earn your salvation and make you a better Christian, but it just... Um, it's a good thing to do that you will be richly rewarded. And, uh, you know, every person I've talked to, as the more they memorize scripture, has told me this, that that it has increased their memory, their ability to memorize and yes, remember things. Yes, so yes, yes. I, I don't know the science of that. I'm not a scientist, not a medical person, but um, I, I think there's something there. Yes, I, I, I agree. The Holy Spirit, uh, God has created. I mean, this is this is his earmark. This is. Uh, so therefore, as we expand our minds with the word of God, it gives us the capacity to learn better. I mean, that I believe that's a natural inclination that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to say about this this week's lesson, about this quarter? This quarter is over. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, I can't believe it either. It's gone by just really so quick. Um, I think the, the real thing is it's just like food. You know, you've got to eat for yourself and try and see for yourself. Can't let take our word for it. You can't. Uh, you know, it just has to be something that each of us internalizes and let God's Holy Spirit filter deep inside of our hearts and lives. And, um, you know, we're just talking about a situation before we had the podcast, you know, again, just digging into the word saying, God, I need some wisdom. I need you to lead me. Um, Just because we're religion professors doesn't mean we don't have challenges in our own (laughs) lives, you know. I have have several. I was going to say tons of several. Speak for myself, at least, you know. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, you know, um, I I need God's grace in my life. And I just remember waking up this morning, Lord, I I need you today. So, um, and I just, I hope I never lose a sense of that continual daily surrender that yeah. it's not a one-time thing and not you know not a one one-time catch-all but uh each and every day lord uh please make me teachable help me to see uh what you want me to see yeah you know when i when i think about the issues and everything else a friend of mine texted me yesterday and said uh on a scale of one to ten how stressful is your job and we all went and one guy works in business another is a, t- a teacher in a public school the other one is an accounts manager and I'm working at the university and I said, you know, honestly, I can say my stress level is down because, uh, you know, not because we don't have stress. There's a lot of stresses, but how we process it is so Mm. important. Yeah. And when you take those stresses and you surrender them to God and you place them at his feet and you realize what he has to deal with is so much, uh, so much greater than what I ever have to deal with. And I can rely on him and take his yoke, which is easy and light and take his for my myself. uh, It just makes life so much easier. And uh, so much more worth living. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think this wraps up another quarter. And I hope you'll join us uh, next quarter. I was just trying to pull up. I think we just got our 
uh, thing from the Savas School uh, quarterly editors at the the general conference. So uh, we've got another quarter, but my my computer's not working right, so I can't actually open it. But uh, join us uh, next week, and we'll be beginning a new quarter, and we'll be having fun. So yeah, let's go for it. Well, I guess that's soup and swoops signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.